Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Enrico Dolchkori, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Living a Full Life. We always focus on trying to help and encourage families to live and prosper as healthy as possible, and uh, that's always our focus on everything. We're continuing on a series of Raising Healthy Children. Uh, Last week, we talked about development, the early development years from birth to about six, seven, eight years old. Uh, That was a great podcast. Go back and listen to that if you have a chance. This week, we're continuing on with uh, emotional intelligence. We're trying to be the best parents possible. And the, and the core foundation to raising healthy kids is, you know, the, the knowing the neurodevelopmental development of children so that you know when and where to push and, and when to lean back and when to give some slack in the rope. And if you've been a parent for a while, you know those two and three-year-olds are non-negotiable. And there's a reason for that. There's a lot of slack during that time. But your six and seven-year-olds, that rope starts to tighten a little bit and boundaries are started to be made. Boundaries are started to be made. Uh, Raising resilient kids, we need to foster emotional intelligence. And that's what this podcast is all about, fostering emotional intelligence. That's a huge um, target to, to focus on. But empowering adults to be better with their emotional intelligence will only make them better with children and their emotional intelligence. It's really an inward reflection of emotional intelligence. But there are some tools that we can use to be a role model for our kids as we're parenting and raising them. And maybe you're not a direct parent. Maybe you're an aunt or an uncle, or maybe you're an influence in a child's life some way or somehow. Being a role model for emotional intelligence is uh, is huge. It's only going to be a valuable gift that you pass down to anyone that you can influence. So children learn a lot just by observing us as adults. You know, Model emotional intelligence by expressing your own emotions in a healthy and constructive way. That's rule number one. Share your feelings and thoughts openly and demonstrate how to manage challenging emotions. That's how you can be a role model is just be, op- be an open book and demonstrate how you manage emotional intelligence. And that's going to be the best way to, to teach our kids. <clears throat> Easier said than done. So how do we go through this? We got to label our emotions. We got to be able to teach children how to identify emotions. Use very simple language when we're teaching them, you know, happiness, sadness, anger, frustration, help them understand that all emotions are valid and normal, not just happy or elated or success or whatever it may be, or accomplishing something. Also the frustrating emotions as well. We got we to label them so that they know what they mean. And then read and discuss emotions. Use age-appropriate books, stories, cartoons, whatever you have around the house. And after reading or watching these books, characterize the emotions that went through the book, through the main character. This can help children empathize with fictional characters and apply the same understanding to real-life situations. It's a great way. Reading is a great way to teach our kids about emotional intelligence. Uh, create a safe environment as well that we need, we all need to feel safe. This goes into adult psychology as well, where we need to have a safe environment in order to share our emotions. Uh, as we get older, we think our emotions are invalid, useless, uh, a burden, but those types of feelings just create more amped up 
anger and animosity within us. And we know that as adults, you may have felt that yourself. So creating a self-safe environment for your kids where they feel safe expressing their emotions without any fear or judgment or punishment. Uh, they can just openly communicate and let you know that it's okay to feel a wide range of emotions uh, and always saying, it's okay. And I'm sorry that you feel that way, or I'm happy that you feel that way. That's great. That's a great feeling to be experiencing. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, being an active listener, this goes for any relationship, even in your marriage or relationships as an adult, learning how to be an active listener. You don't always have to be a problem solver. And I'm going to raise my hand in the background here and be like, I, I always feel like I need to be a problem solver. That's not a very good listener when you're trying to solve a problem. People talk to be listened to. That's the one of the biggest gifts you can give any person. So teaching your children to practice active listening is great because it allows them to share their feelings. So just give them the, your full attention, maintain eye contact, put down those phones and validate their emotions. This shows them that their feelings are important and valued. Everything that they feel is valuable. Uh, it just makes them stronger and more resilient um, to the world. And then teach them to use I statements to directly reflect themselves. Teach children to express their emotions using I. Um, like, for example, I feel sad when I uh, think about death. Or uh, I feel happy because the dog is so funny. Um, this helps them take ownership of their emotions and communicate them more effectively. That's a great one, the I statements. Just teach them how to use I and uh, not deflect. So the point of the, the I statement is to make sure that you're aware as a parent that uh, they are not using third party, like they're trying to deflect their emotions onto something else. It's okay at a young age when they do that, but to teach them that it's okay to say I and bring it back to them say, hey, do you feel that way too? Just like your stuffed animal? They may nod their head or say yes. And that opens up the opportunity for you to be like, it's not so great that you're sharing that with me. Thank you for telling me that. It's okay that you feel that way. I'm sorry that you both feel that way. And then it can open that stuff up. Learn and teach your kids how to you know, problem solve on their own. Like guide children through problem solving when they face any challenging emotions. Uh, you know, help them brainstorm uh, solutions to difficult situations and discuss the potential outcomes of each situation. That's a, that's a big one. That's a that's a huge role we play as parents is to help guide our children not only at a young age but even through teenage years and into adult life is to teach them how to problem solve with potential outcomes. The here's here's the nitty gritty truth about problem solving: you're not the best problem solver in the world either. So it's okay to do your best. Remember that. Uh, empathy. Empathy exercises. Engage in empathy-building activities. Ask questions like, how do you think your friend felt when that happened? You know, like kind of tell the story. Or how would you feel if, I, if that happened to you? This helps children understand the emotions of others. You know, empathy. Um, we, temp we typically use empathy and like eat all your dinner. And they're like, I don't want to eat all my dinner. And you're like, well, there's kids around the world that don't get to eat dinner. And that's not fair. And you get all this food. And, and, and th those are not the best examples when it comes to empathy because you don't want them to feel bad for making a choice. So empathy comes in like, how do you think your friend felt? Like when they're telling a story, you know, um, Marissa fell off the monkey bars this, this afternoon. Oh, that was she okay? How would you feel if you fell off the monkey bars? And then you know, going a step further and be like, what would you have liked if one of your friends uh, did that would make you feel better? And then your child will say, oh, you know, 
I'd want them to come give me a hug or make sure I was okay. That's great. Did you go and help uh, Marissa? Did you go and check if she was okay? The answer may be yes. The answer may be no, but that's okay. You're not going to make them feel bad. Like, no, no, I didn't. I'm like, oh, you know, that would, that would be nice um, to do. If you ever see anyone get hurt in your class again, or if you ever see a problem arise, you may maybe go check on them. And then that could be a learning experience for them. Uh, mindfulness, man, we could all practice mindfulness. What a skill that is. It'll never be mastered, but it's something we should always pursue is mindfulness. You know, introduce mindfulness exercise to help kids become more aware of their emotions. That's the whole point in the present moment. Um, not bottling emotions up and trying to get to them at a later time or, or, but in the moment to just practice that mindfulness. Why do I feel the way I feel right now? Why am I bothered? Why am I annoyed? Why am I sad? Why am I anxious? Why am I excited? Now, there's all these emotions that we make. Teaching them the younger they are is to, to, will give them the power to just be more mindful in the moment as they get later. This is great for stress management later in life to be mindful in the moment, being like, man, I'm getting anxious. Why am I getting anxious? So just take a moment to step back and be like, man, there's just too much on my plate today. That's why I'm getting anxious. <clears throat> it doesn't change that the fact that the plate is full. It just makes you more mindful in the moment to be like, oh, I'm anxious because this plate is full. I got a lot to do. And then in that moment with clear headedness, we can look at that and be like, you know what? I'm not going to get 26 things done today. What are the top five? What are the top five? If I get those five done, I think that's going to be a win for today. And you just rank them. You put the top five up there and surprisingly, you'll get those done and you'll get to number six and number seven and number eight, probably if the day is efficient. And then you're like, great. Okay. Well, this 25 thing is down to 18 for tomorrow. I can do it. I'll do those 18 things tomorrow because they're at least they're less important than they were today. And then those will move to number one tomorrow. Those are great ways that mindfulness plays a role to help alleviate stress in the moment. It's, it's a great way. And to teach that. And folks, I'm racing through this and uh, I am not perfect. I got three kids of my own and this stuff is hard. So I'm going to add that right in the middle of this podcast and be like, this stuff's not easy. We're all humans. We all make mistakes. We're trying to be the best we can. And all we think about is how poor we're doing all the time. Stop doing that. You are a role model. And when you look at your role models in life, whether it was your dad or your mom or someone in your life or a celebrity or whatever, or an athlete, whatever it was, they became a role model because you saw the strengths that they portrayed. You don't think about the negatives. Uh, that's why they're your role model. Sure, they may be, especially if they were part of your family. But if you had like an athlete that you looked up to your whole life, I mean, you probably didn't see any of the negatives because all you saw was the accolades on television, on the screen, and the in the sports magazines. So you got to remember that. You're not perfect. You're just trying to be your best. Mindfulness, right? Okay, conflict resolution. Teach children healthy ways to resolve conflicts. You know, encourage them to express their feelings and listen to others' perspectives. That's that's a big one. Um, sometimes you can be so empathetic. I've met people that are so empathetic that once they, you know, you start talking to them, they're so engaged in what you're saying, they start to feel sad for you. Like if you're telling them a sad story, or if you're if you're telling them like a success story that you're going through, they're just so elated for you. I'm like, man, I think you're more excited than I am right now. Or I think you're more sad than I am right now. They're so empathetic um, to that. But it's because they've taught themselves so well to look from other people's perspectives uh, that they can immerse themselves in that. Now, is that a strength or a weakness? I don't know. I guess anything can be too much or too little. But Conflict resolution stems from that. Encourage them to express their feelings and listen to others. And that's probably the best way to help them find and compromise solutions that consider everyone's emotions. That's the cool part about conflict resolution is that 
we resolve these things by considering everyone's emotions, not coming to a definitive answer. That usually leaves someone right and someone wrong. So conflict resolution is really important. Encourage emotional expression. It goes back to the free, sharing freely. You know, Provide outlets for emotional expression such as drawing, writing, role-playing, make-believe, whatever it may be. These activities can help kids process their feelings and gain insight into their emotions. Those are really fun times to do. The emotional expression phase is probably the funnest phase, and it's such an important phase. It starts at about three years of age, and it can go. It can go to second, third, fourth grade, um, where they are using art or using um, drawing or whatever it may be, or painting to express their emotions. It's really it's really cool. And they're always making something for you, right? They're always like, this is for you, Dad, man. That is so so wonderful when they're expressing their love for you or their gratitude for you through art. They're, they don't know they're they're being grateful. They're just saying, this is for you, Dad. They're just making it uh, such an organic emotion. Where does that go in our adult life? That's pretty um, a pretty cool thing to have. And lastly, I'm going to finish with this one. Celebrate. Celebrate the emotional growth. Acknowledge and celebrate instances where your child demonstrates emotional intelligence. Anything, any of these things that we talked about. We talked about 10 or 11 things there. Uh, Praise them for using effective communication, showing empathy, or handling difficult situations. Well, just say, I'm proud of you for that effort that you put into that. A cool study I read into not too long ago was talking about praise. As we finish this, I'll, I'll leave you with some statistics. Praising children. And they, they put it into two categories. Praise them about their intelligence and their smarts and praise them about their effort. So they, they, they took the kids. These were kids. I think they were fifth grade students. And they took them and they were encouraging them and saying, man, you are super smart. You are so intelligent. It is so great to see how, how intelligent you are. And then the other group, they would tell them, that was such a great effort. Man, that was hard and you did it. I'm so proud of you. Way to persevere through that. And what ended up happening on the next test, so this was for a test, and then over the, they did it again for the next test, the group that was praised about their intelligence scored lower on the next test, and the, all the kids that were praised about their effort scored higher. So that was pretty cool too. Praising mindfully is really important as well as a parent and an influencer is to Make sure that we're praising the effort so that they know it's all about how much effort I put into this and not really about the outcome and how good I look or how intelligent I am or how talented I am or how athletic I am. It's really about the effort. So this could go from academia to sports to dance to art to anything that they do. It's the effort. Man, you took a, you took a lot of time on this. I'm really proud of you for focusing for so long to, to do this beautiful artwork that you just did. Really proud of you, girl. Way to go. Uh, rather than, man, you're so talented. You're such a great artist, which they may be. And you can say that, but just finishing it with the, with the effort that they put in, I found that really interesting. I learned something from that and I'm going to take that, uh, to move forward with my kids too. So there you go. I hope that was super useful for you. Parenting is not easy. Um, so we're just trying to make these things important. I think the series is so important for mental growth, for the development of, of kids. And just, this is great for all age groups. Even if you have older kids and you're past the, the raising toddler phase, um, emotional intelligence is lifelong and it makes you better and it makes your communication better and it just builds stronger relationships. And that's what we want as parents is stronger relationships with our kids. We, I think we all do. Uh, that's always the goal with everything that we do. So stay healthy, stay well. And for you, 
try practicing some more mindfulness uh, now that you've heard this podcast and, and see how you can improve your mindfulness in the moment and being more present and how that will just organically translate into teaching your kids. Stay well, stay healthy, take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.